Gali mera, gali spera, gali nikta. No matter where in this wild, wacky, and sometimes wonderful world you might be, thank you for making the Highbury Squad part of your day. It's a Wednesday evening, and we're trying to get back into the swing of things over here. And we have a great subject. Well, I think it's a great subject lined up for this evening. I'll let you guys be the judge. But what I do know is I have great guests. So let's rock and roll. Here we go. Mind the gap between the train and the platform. Please stand clear of the discussion doors. The next stop is Highbury Squad. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to another live show. I know that we're all getting back into the swing of things. So for now, um, look out for live shows on Monday, Wednesdays and Fridays. Uh, today, we're a little bit earlier than our usual scheduled time. We can bl blame Fergus from Guns and Yellow Ribbons for that. However, uh, those of you who are listening on replay, thanks for tuning in and everyone who is downloading from our audio platforms, thank you also. And many of you will be watching football tonight. I don't know why. Just a boring cup that nobody wants to win, especially Mikel Arteta. Did I say that out loud? Maybe I did. Let me introduce my guests. Um, joining me is one of my favorite podcasters on the planet, um, also an epic human being uh, and a very good friend of the show, Mr. Fergus from Guns and Yellow Ribbons. Welcome, sir, to thank Squad you. Central. Thank you. Squad is. Um, all I know the drill. Oh, See, when Kevin's not here, I totally lose my manners and all that goes out the window. At ease, squaddies, at ease. Good evening. How are you doing? I'll get to you in a minute. Um, also joining one of your favourites, um, Mr. Marky Mark. How are you doing, Mark? I'm very well. Great to be here again. Yes, good to have you. Sounding good. And um, one of our OGs. He's been on the show back in the day. Hasn't been on the show in a very long time. But I always love, love his views and perspectives, and he's been around the club for a long time and also um, been around commercial football for a long time as well. Uh, Mr. Alan, Mr. Alan Alger, welcome to the show. Great to be with you. If I pronounce your last name wrong, blame Fergus because he told me how to say it. Well, uh, see, I think, it's, I think it's French and I think it's Algier, French. but I'd sound, oh, I'd sound nice. terrible if I said it was that. So I just go with the... <laughs> very london-based alga hard G. okay there okay you go. all right good although i would have liked to say bonjour alan Alger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't think from... i can i can't pull it off i don't look like olivier Giroud, do I? <laughs> oh i don't know i don't know um get well super kev how do you know about super kev what do you mean get well super kev what's going on there tell me where, where are you getting your information from um, I'm not saying anything. So from the panel, good evening, uh, everyone. Uh, hello, I'll say good evening. Barry's here, Trevor's here, QA's here. Oh, look, Fergus is here and he's in the chat. Lee's here, uh, Seb is here, um, the whole gang is here, Carol's here, um, Amira, uh, we got Luke in the house, and uh, we got the Guna Talk TV, Mr. Tom Canton is here as well. Nigel, everyone, good evening. Ian, thanks for joining us. Um, so I wanted to tackle this subject. And, um, oh, Tom, hello, Tom. Tom joining on Facebook for the first time. Welcome, Tom. Good to see you in the chat as well. So, um, yes, 
Lots going on in football. I'm a little bit rusty, if I'm being honest. I'm just catching up. So I haven't watched a lot of football uh, over the last two or three months, but I've been swatting quite a bit um, since I've been back. And, you know, there's always during the January transfer window, guys, who are we going to buy? No one's buying anybody. It's the most boring transfer window ever. Uh, You know, the, the cries for a striker, the cries for a left back, Zinchenko's crap now. Um, Kai Havertz is a bust, uh, all of that stuff, which by the way, at the end, I'll get your, you know, your quick takes on that. But I wanted to have a little bit more of a broader conversation about football in general, but Arsenal Football Club. Um, has the Arsenal become more of a marketing company than a football club? I was just thinking about this when I was on the plane for hours and hours. Um, I was watching this documentary and I was. I was just thinking in between, there must have been 10 hundred commercials for 500 different things. And I sat there thinking to myself, you know, at the beginning of the season, before things started happening, you know, off screen in my life, I started feeling a little bit disenchanted. I don't know if that was because of age, of other interests, of feeling marginalized as a fan, maybe like, do Arsenal really care about my age group anymore? Um, when they're kind of going after what I feel is a younger crowd, um, seeing kind of promotions like this, you know, I find a little bit of a turnoff. You know, I like the dog. I've got two dogs. You know, I love Vinny and Vesper a lot. Um, but PR moves like this, getting a dog and calling it win. I don't know. It just all felt like manufactured. Like where's the heart and the grit of football kind of gone? Uh And then when you look at merchandise and releases of merchandise and stuff, I just felt, I find that the fan is now to me a customer and the cash cow for the club. Fergus, I'm going to start with you. I want you to tell me real quick, actually, Fergus, when was your first game? When did you first start supporting the Arsenal? For those listeners that don't know. uh, I was a latecomer. I started in 93 supporting Arsenal. First game was... August 24th, my grandmother's birthday in 1999, Arsenal versus Brentford, uh, Bradford City, and we won. And the following game, Thierry Henry scored his first goal, I believe. Phenomenal. Um, Marky, I know your dad got you into the Arsenal. When when did you start going to the games? And Yeah, I my first game, super memorable, 23rd of September, day before my ten, no, 11th birthday, 1995, Glorious summer's day um, against Southampton, Arsenal four, Southampton two. Dennis Bergkamp's first goal for the Arsenal. It was the best day ever. What my favourite ever player scored a goal as well, Adams, and also you know, right again on the scoreboard as well. Perfect, perfect day. Very nice. Wow, a result against Southampton. Who'd have thunk it? Alan, no. um, what what about you, Al? Fergus, do you mean Ian Wright's first goal? No. Oh. Thierry Henry, I'm, uh, 1999. Nin- oh, you no, said 93. I started following in 93. Oh, gotcha. And the first game I attended was at Highbury Amazing. In, uh, in August in, in 1999. Yeah. And that, uh, that Bergkamp goal, Mark, because he was getting stick at the time, wasn't he? Yep, from and Stuart Pearce. Waste he, of money. And it was such a good goal. And the celebration, he jumps about four foot in the air. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Uh, mine, uh, 83, Luton at home, August. Um, but followed, well, followed as good as I could, as uh, sort of under seven could from you know, 
Well, whenever I had the choice, yeah. How old were you? 40, 41 years to, to win again there, didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> <What's> that? <Yeah. laughs> well, that was the funny thing about the uh, the Luton game, just going, going there and this season and just obviously the way that we won and, and realising it was, yeah, one of my first games, yeah. Unbelievable. So here's the scoop, Fergus. Um, I'll start with you. Okay. Am I being am I being a little bit harsh before we get stuck into the nuts and bolts of each piece? Am I being a little bit harsh? Has the Arsenal become more of a marketing company than a football club? To answer the question first. Well, I've timed this perfectly because my glass is almost half full. <laughs> it could almost be half empty. Um so it depends on your point of view. And remember, you have to stop me being a podcast host in this as well, Sophie. You're the host. No, but, no, no. Um, oh, no, this is a roundtable. Dis- I'm just the moderator. So, okay, you know, okay, yeah, okay. I'm not the host but tonight. I, I think some of the stuff they've done has been absolutely fantastic. Like, for example, this black shirt, uh, some of the retro stuff that's coming out, some of the Bruce Banana stuff that's coming out has been absolutely brilliant. Some of the stuff that they've done around junior gunners and um, I'll bring my grandson for like 11, 12 quid is brilliant. Some of the stuff to do for some of the disabled kids and some people with like um, sensory stuff. They're really, really considerate. My daughter, uh, sorry, not my daughters, my, my nieces are really fortunate enough to go to the Arsenal hub and they interact very much with the Arsenal football club and the ladies team and, the, and they play a lot of football and, and they just do lots and lots of the community. I used to live close to the community and my, the, the reason I end up being an Arsenal fan was one, my son was an Arsenal fan and then my daughter went to school close by. I've got a picture, up, uh, it's up there behind me, of her which was taken in a local school, not far from Arsenal, um, where she's there with the Community Shield, the FA Cup and the uh, and the, the Premier League. So they do a lot of good stuff, but they're not half modernising and rinsing the life out of absolutely everything. Uh, we've had three kits, I think this season, nine training tops on top of that, plus a women's uh, special kit. Uh, I, I, you know, it's just, it's just ka-ching, 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 ka-ching. They do also do good stuff, which we'll go on to about like cheap beers to get people in early. I, I don't know. They, are, they're really maximising what they got to do. They, they, they're paying people hundreds of thousands of pounds a week. They got to get the money in somehow. Mark, we'll summarise everything after you've all answered the question. I'm clocking. I'm clocking it. Go on. Okay, so so for me, yeah, it, just to expand on what Fergus just, just said, the 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 merchandise drops are, are very very frequent, right? Um, and don't get me wrong, I've been par- partial to the odd Arsenal shirt or jumper through through the years for sure. But yeah, so I think uh, I messaged I messaged you Sophie this morning. It was uh, it was ten. It was um, it was ten different uh, drops. It was a, a woven tracksuit, a cultural story jumper, um, a um, a Maharishi collaboration. I'm too old to know, know what Maharishi, but apparently it's trendy. Uh, Adidas Essentials, uh, an Ian Wright collaboration, a Lifestyle shirt, a Blackout collection, Champions League collection. Um, and then that's on top of your free training shirt. So your free um, your free kits, your two goalkeeper shirts and your normal training gear. So it's a lot. However, and this is a huge however, we've spent a lot of money, right? We've spent a lot of money on Declan Rice. We've spent a lot of money on Kai Havertz. I think if we hadn't spent the money like we have done of late, then yeah, you can you can be more critical of um, 
of how commercial um, how commercial we've become. But as we're spending the money, I don't have too much of an issue with it. If you don't want to buy it, don't buy it. But I do appreciate that you know there's, there's there's parents with kids, and when these when these things get dropped, the kids want it, and it puts a lot of pressure on parents to buy, it, especially in this day and age where um, you know money is money is tight for a lot of families so mm. it's important that you're looking at you know Arsenal in the community that they they have to they have to realize this and when there's just so much going out um when I was a kid it was it was one shirt would last for two years and, and that was it maybe odd training bit pieces but uh but now it, it it's a lot it's trainers it's all sorts of things with with like the Arsenal logo on so so yeah um we're spending the money which is good but yes we are we are super commercial <clears throat> Sophie, before, think... before before Alan jumps in on that, you talked about the, the one shirt for two seasons. That came after a scandal, uh, which uh, myself, Sophie, mm. and, and Alan will remember. It was Shepard and the other director at Newcastle. They were done by a News of the World sting. And they were saying they could um, they were selling shirts then at 50 quid, which 50 quid in 1998 is an awful lot more than 70 or 80 quid now when you if you if we were to extrapolate it forward. But they were selling tickets for 50 quid and they were laughing in a hotel room calling football fans mm. mugs. And after that, there was a rule that they would say that a, a shirt, a home shirt would change one season and an away shirt would change the next season. There was no third kits, fourth kits uh, and so on. And the last time Arsenal had... Um, one kit for two seasons was the 2012 to 2014 season. So we're looking at like you know ten years ago since we've done it, and we've flipped so many shirts since. Sorry, Mark. No, 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 no. I love that. I, I, I remember that um, that scandal, and they were really um, humiliated and embarrassed. Um, you know, after that, it 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 was uh, it was definitely not not a cool move on their part. Alan, we live in an instant gratification world. We live in a you know a, a world where inflation um, is inevitable. Uh, we also, however, do have companies in this world that look out for their customer or fan. Uh, what's your take on whether or not the Arsenal will become more of a marketing company than a football club? Well, just want to just reiterate Mark's really good points that a you don't have to buy it, but b if you are a parent, you could be put under pressure, and I think that is difficult, and I think. It's worth saying again, even though uh, even though Mark's just said it in his point. For me, the best football clubs give the illusion that they are a football club first and foremost, but then run as a competent business behind the scenes, making those decisions from a business level. And as a fan, even one in the know that knows that you know commercial deals have to be done. And as I say, I, I, as you said at the start, I've been involved in lots of things like this, so. I do know uh, how these things go down behind the scenes, but the best clubs give the illusion forward facing to their fans that they are a club first and foremost. Like and who? Like, you, stuff, like who, Alan? Like Manchester well, City or. Well, who? I don't even think City come close here. Um, United, Liverpool. Yeah, I, I'd say Liverpool just about straddle it. I know they've had their issues in the past. I think, I think they've got back to those kind of values. Um, United, now people will say, well, they run, they run terribly off the pitch. And, and believe me, they are. But when you look at the likes of Chelsea and some of the things that they're doing under their new commercial model, um, 
I mean, they had six or seven actors sitting on the the side of the pitch brushing their teeth at the uh, the, the recent Premier League game. I have no idea what that was to do with. It might have been an <laughs> FA Cup game. The women's game the other day, they had uh, the Hilton managed to get, and I don't know if anyone saw this, the Hilton set up a mock hotel room at the side of the stand with someone in there as if they were going to bed and, and being in a hotel room while the match was going on. So, so look, it could be a hell of a lot worse and Chelsea are not giving off any kind of illusion whatsoever that they are um, a, a football club. They're, they're looking like a business. Now, I think Arsenal have, they've trod a fine line recently and I think they're getting there, but they're not quite there yet, as Fergus said. But it's interesting you should mention Manchester City because um, I went up to our cup game last year uh, where we lost 1-0 there. And in the hotel afterwards, it just so happened that someone who advises uh, the Abu Dhabi part of, of, United, of, of Manchester City on their commercials and their fan deals. And he was chatting to uh, me and a couple of other people there. A couple, there was a couple of ex-players there. And um, he said the atmosphere was flat tonight, apart from the Arsenal fans, the away end. And I said, well, that, that sometimes happens in the FA Cup. Humour in him saying, you know, obviously you get a bigger allocation. Sometimes the away fans out seeing. But then we got into it. And I, I said, do you know what I would have done if I'd have bought Man City? If I'd have been them, right? So they've got all the money in the world. They take over the club. And the first thing that I would have done is gone into the offices and got every bit of paper and computer file on anyone that was an established fan of that club. So if you've got a ticket purchase from the 80s or you've had a season ticket for 20 years, and I'd have written to every single one of them and I'd have said, you are now what we're calling a platinum member of Manchester City. We appreciate all the support of this club. We've now taken over. You are custodians of it. Here's a £10 off every ticket you buy in the next 10 years. Here's £10 off every shirt you buy in the next 10 years. We really appreciate and value you and we'll hold you in this esteem. They didn't do that. So obviously a lot of people that were at Main Road and what you would call died in the Wall City fans didn't get to experience any of this success because by the time it happened, they were priced out and they weren't thought of. And now, obviously, rival clubs will take pictures of the Etihad and say, it's empty or there's no atmosphere. We've got tourists taking pictures all the time and no singing. And they've been left with a club that just doesn't feel, it doesn't feel like Manchester City anymore. So if you make that much of a mistake, and definitely Chelsea are making it at the moment, you will get rid of your core and it can be much, much worse than what we're seeing at the moment. And I, I firmly believe the people that uh, are in charge at Arsenal, they want to get it right. Do do City care though when their 2022 revenue 731 we're supposed to be a bigger club than them our revenue 433.5 I mean Liverpool's was over 700 Manchester United as well uh just under 700 uh, million uh we've got the most expensive season ticket prices I don't know if you can we, sorry we, go we on. don't we don't have the most expensive season ticket prices. No, if according I, uh, according to Deloitte, we do. Uh, well, I'm, I'll question Deloitte because I'll just go to my local pub and speak to a Tottenham fan <laughs> and speak to, a, speak, speak to a West Ham fan and look for the equivalent ticket. My equivalent ticket um, in um, in my, my ticket cost me nine hundred and. 
80 quid, I think. Just call it a grand. My yeah, it's right there. Grand. 973, Tottenham is second on the, uh, on but the list. Uh, uh, my, my ticket also includes three uh, European Cup games. It used to include this more. This season? Have, uh, this season, that? three, three mm -hmm. cup, cup. I know we're going to talk about that, the, the, yeah. uh, the other aspect of that afterwards. But Tottenham is just the um, the cup, uh, just the league games. There are no cup games. There are no European games. I know they don't normally get there very often, but but you know, and 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 you talk about um, City and um, uh, and Chelsea and losing their core, but City and their Chelsea, their core, their core is what's in the Etihad or the Empty Had right now, which is about thirty thousand. Which at Main Road they had the best they're, away. They're not the they're no. not the same people. I mean, I I know no, Chelsea fans. And they're probably and not. I'm not talking about. The, I'm not talking about the core as a number. I'm talking about your heartbeat of the club. Okay. The people yeah. that have generational support, they keep that ticking over while the new fans come in, and they're obviously most welcome. But when they go to a game, they see the culture of those fans that have been there a long time, that's, and that's, they that's buy a into issue. it more. But that's the, a bigger but, issue for the Premier League in in, in its entirety. Because it's actually football. It's actually football in its entirety. It, 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 it's not it, just it's, the Premier it's, League. It's now just like FIFA, and people are, are like walking, stepping into their game that they're playing on the TV at home, and you know they, they don't understand the culture of the game anymore. The culture of the game for them is they go in, they pick up, they drop off. They don't understand. For the likes of me, Sophie, Alan, and Mark, I, I live my week is cut out with Trevor ringing me every other day talking about like you know what's happened went about this about the club and what's happened about that about the club I go and talk to people in business and my my daily conversation guaranteed my wife doesn't talk to me that much anymore get guaranteed that oh at some point in the day my conversation goes into Arsenal Football Club and what it's about or about Chelsea about Tottenham about Man United because football is far more important than than the ninety minutes, as as we said, but I, I'm kind of lost my my my, my way on that. But um, I just think the core of Man City and Man Man uh, Man City and Chelsea are much smaller than the core of, say, the Liverpools, the the Arsenal's, and and the but revenue United. wise, they're much bigger than us now, right? Well, so but in those but figures, we didn't we had Europa that's League, fake, isn't it? That's, that's yeah. fake. A lot of the deals are done with people related to the club. Um, and and obviously, let's not speak until the charges. But I'm I'm assuming that some of the charges relate to that kind of accounting. Uh, mm -hmm. I don't know that for sure. But um, you know, they're, they're saying their commercial revenues are up there uh, as some of the highest. I mean, Chelsea almost had to invent a company to get a, a shirt sponsorship this season. So, um, and and yeah, you're right. Their cores are smaller, which probably means they needed to protect them more back in the day. Um, mm. I was just trying to use them as a as a juxtaposition. No, well, I do like I do like how you use them, Alan, because I was going. I wanted to bounce back to that real quick before we get onto the conversation of um, of uh, of merchandise here, real quick. Arsenal have generational fans. Look at Fergus. Look at you. Look at me. Look at you know Lee Judges is always talking about the seventies. We all we all know how old Lee is, really. Um, <laughs> but do they really care about us? anymore see i don't i don't think they do it's a little bit like when when i some of my listeners love it when i do this and some don't but when i started working on the new star wars movies and there was this massive excitement to go see them right 
And I went to see the, the Star Wars movie and I was like, oh my God, what a load of garbage. That is not aimed at me. They don't care about the 1977 fan who went to see the first Star Wars film or The Empire Strikes Back after that. They are going after a brand new audience. And rightly so. They're a business. They're a multi-billion dollar business who are looking to revive a franchise and um, make tons of money. So when I see deals with like Prime and maybe some of the tech deals the um, and some of the other things that are going on, I don't know if the club speaks to me as much as it used to, which is maybe where I've lost a little bit of my my connection more so than ever with Arsenal is the players. And I haven't had that in a very, very long time. I really like this team and I really like these players. As for the club in itself, I'm connected to the history. I'm connected to the fans. I'm connected to the people I know. But I'm not sure if the club are as connected to me and I don't think they care about that, Alan. See, the thing is, we had a club at Highbury which... I mean, I knew employees by name, but football is very, very different from the club that we had at Highbury. Even, and I'm, I'm not going back a long way here. I'm going back even to Arsene Wenger's reign and and some some really wonderful years we had at Highbury, late '90s, early 2000s. But I would I would be around the club and I'd know people by name, and I'd go to matches and know people by name. The move to the Emirates meant that we had to, we had to become a business. Now, as I said, that's all about the illusion of staying as the family club that was at, that was at Highbury, but also bringing the club into the 2000s with the big stadium and knowing as much as we want to say club first, business second, that some people, some people at the club, and as we mentioned, you know, on high salaries, they are paid to make the club business first, club second. So, for instance, you know, I know some of the people there now. Uh, my own, one of my own consultancy business uh, businesses that I consult for is probably the second highest spender at, uh, after the Emirates. Uh, sorry, uh, actually, after Emirates and Adidas is the third highest spender at the club. Now, I know some of the ways that deal got done. And it has to be done to generate the kind of revenue that sees someone like Declan Rice there. Now, if you put a fan in some of those commercial positions, they would have probably said, yeah, I really want Declan Rice and I'll have Mbappe too if you're there. And, and obviously the commercial model just goes out the window. So you have to spread a tiny bit of the fan passion and know-how and culture of the club with people that know how to get business deals done and keep the club on an even footing. Now, again, some clubs get that mix right. Some clubs don't. Some clubs are going through the process of getting that mix right. And I think we're, I think we're in that process at the moment. It's mm. going the right way, but there are little things that just sometimes just make you feel, oh, I don't think they got that right. Um, but we're definitely better than most at, at getting that mix right. And I think at the moment, the club has a heavier spread of the people with business acumen and not much love for the club than mm. at Highbury, where it was almost 100%. Look, you love the club. You're part of a certain family. You can come and do a job for us. And the job got done well. But from a business sense, just maybe was a little bit lacking. 
when you find the right mix of people that love the club, are fans of the club, want to work for the club, but also you put a load of experience behind that of people that don't particularly love the club, might not even like football that much. And I certainly know that there are a couple of people, um, you know, quite high up in the club at the moment. They're not, not football fans at all. You know, really not right. football fans, you know, would, wouldn't even bother watching a game. What, but what? they're also extremely good at the job they're tasked to do by the owners. So when you get that mix right, you can actually have that illusion that it is a club and it is good and everybody wants to be there and they're making good decisions behind the scenes. And, and I, I believe we're not far off. Yeah. And uh, Barry, thanks for your note. I did see the redaction Gunas um, breakdown oh, yeah. from yesterday and it's a really good read. Um, you guys should go read that thread on the old Twitter sphere. I can't call it X because every time I do that, I feel like I'm sending people to watch porn, which by the way, let's face it, it's kind of become like that, hasn't which, it? Which, which channel? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Marky Mark, let's talk a little bit about, and I, I, I love kind of the, you are a little bit younger, and younger. well you are i mean i think i might be old enough to be your mum but you know uh we'll leave well i'm old enough to be tom canton's mum and i think i'm old enough to be harry's mum too so basically let's let me just be everyone's mum today um talk about Who's the merch? Daddy, <laughs> <laughs> um talk, talk let's talk about the merch because look i understand like i said coming from the entertainment industry but also you know, sports is business. We are a brand. I don't like to call us a franchise. That's very American sports driven, even though we have American owners. Uh, I prefer to call us a brand. We're a global brand. We've been a brand that has gotten stronger year on year. There's no doubt about that. The, the level of merchandise release. See, this is where I think it's super cool. I don't think anyone does merch better than us. If there was a Premier League table for merch, we'd win as many as Man City and Liverpool combined. Um, as a young guy who loves wearing his swag and you like to show off your shirt on game day, I've seen you at the Tollington, you're always wearing the latest thing. To me, this is where I think it's a little bit exploiting. It goes to like Fergus and Alan, what they were saying. If you've got kids, if you've got grandkids, this becomes very expensive. And I feel this is the part of the marketing spin where they've overdone it this season. Talk me through that a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. It's like, as I mentioned before, it is, is overkill. It is every other week. I think... Um... I joked with you uh, earlier on the week. I said, I can't wait for the Easter bunny drop uh, because I'm sure they'll tie it into Easter <laughs> somehow. But yeah, it's just, um, it, it is every other week. And, there, and there's, I think till people stop buying it, they're not going to stop dropping it because if if, it, if it's working and people are buying it all over the world, then then why would they stop doing it? And and, and you're right, Sophie, it, it is good. It is, it is very cool, like, you know, like the Ian Wright merchandise that drops. Um, even that was a little bit too um, bit too wild for, for my liking. I didn't buy it personally, but I get why people would. It is very cool. And, and he, and the hit, well, as an ambassador for Arsenal, I think he does such a good job. Um, and why he, and why he does so he like... deserve, why does he deserve a line of merchandise more than Thierry Henry or, or the 71 double winning team or Bob Wilson? Why? I, I think for what he's done... You can all answer this, by the way. For what he's done in terms of bringing, like, highlighting the issues of race, I think he's done an amazing job. Um, he was obviously one of our, one of our sorry, few black players um, when, when he first came into the squad. And he was just such an amazing character, an amazing guy that 
yeah, he, if you looked at you know looking at his story, like being in being in prison, like coming into football so late, I think he was just so relatable. Uh, and for me, he he was again like I, I started following Arsenal in the early nineties. He was a massive part of why I love Arsenal so much. I think he's just not only a great player, but just just so much off the pitch as well. So I think in time there probably will be a Thierry Henry line of of, of merchandise, but. There's just there's just something about the charisma and and, and about the guy that I think even uh, even the fans who don't support Arsenal love love him and he, and if, and if I'm, if I'm the head of if I'm head of commercials at Arsenal I'm going to be like right Ian right Ian right merchandise because it all sells charisma and, and and personality I can totally get uh, visibility I can totally get Thierry Henry is equally as visible sadly Rocky Rollcastle who was of the same mm. generation went the same path and didn't get in trouble, but, you know, stayed on the right side of the path the whole time. You've got the likes of Saul Campbell. You've got, like, you know, if you look at the top, I'm looking on here, the, the, the top uh, players of all time at Arsenal, you've got Thierry Henry, Dennis Bergkamp, Patrick Vieira, then Ian Wright, then Bobby Perez, Liam Brady, uh, you know, Tony Adams, David Seaman, Saul Campbell. You've got all sorts of, you've got a Dutch guy in there, you've got a, a Senegalese guy, you've got an Irish guy, you've got a French guy. There's, there's all sorts. I do feel, and I, I, I didn't really want to go down this. I, I messaged Sophie, and I do feel that that the Ian Wright thing, whilst it's cool, I do think it was selling to it was selling to an audience. It was selling definitely to a younger demographic. It was selling to you know a, a street cool sort of urban sort of thing, and mm-hmm. you know, and it definitely was very much a commercial exercise. It was nothing to do with Arsenal Football Club. It was purely a cash-generating thing. £100 for a jacket that turns inside out. And if you want to turn it in the the, the nice way, where you got these labels and this badge, uh, the, this cannon badge is funny when it's mirrored. Um, it, it, you know, and you've got Arsenal, and people know you're an Arsenal fan, it's fine. But if you want to walk around like you've just run into your <clears> mum's <throat> Uh, an Indian restaurant with, uh, you know, a wallpaper wrapped around you, you can wear the Ian Wright one, you know. So I think it's cool, but it's, it's uh, again, I'm 53 in a couple of weeks, so it, it's not necessarily my cup of tea. It definitely was selling to an audience. Wright uh, is a really interesting character in terms of his association to to Arsenal. And I I always like to throw a spanner in the works when I talk to people about Arsenal that re- remember 90s football and uh, I remember Ian Wright and he's and, and let me say now it's by no means a way of getting at Ian Wright but I like to get at people's perceptions of certain players certain managers uh, mm-hmm. I mean Wenger was was a big one you know you get in a cab and uh, or you talk to a, a, a fan that's that's just become a fan of football. You say, how many titles did Arsene Wenger win with with Arsenal? And the perception is much higher than the reality because of how attached and how amazing the story was. And another question that I always ask, just to get people's ideas of their perception on reality, again, not to dig out right, it's how many goals did Ian Wright score in Arsenal title-winning seasons? In Arsenal title-winning seasons, how many league goals did he score? Now, obviously, the fact that I'm saying this obviously means that it is usually lower than your man in the street will tell you back. You know, most most people that think they know about football but don't know about our club start giving figures of like 50, 60. They know he was obviously record scorer at the point until Thierry Henry took, took, took over from him. 
But it's only 13 goals. He only scored 13 goals in Arsenal title winning seasons because he obviously got injured towards the end of the uh, 97-98 season. His only title at Arsenal and only came back around the FA Cup time and the FA Cup and 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 obviously didn't didn't start many of those those games. I don't do that to dig out righty at all. I just do that to dig out the fact that he's very good at his own PR. And he would have people thinking that don't know the club that he scored 100 goals in Arsenal title winning seasons and has two or three league winners medals. When in fact, he still has a nice haul. He has the FA Cup, the League Cup, which he won in his first year. And then obviously uh, the title and the double from 97-98. European trophy in between the Cup and his Cup. That makes him an Arsenal legend. But he's, I mean, in terms of trophy hauls and goals in important seasons in the title, He's way behind lots and lots of players. I love players, that. But he has I, that perception. I've got a counter argument here. And, and I'm all for I, it. I'm all for it. I'm all for it. I love that, that nugget. I really, do, I really do because I love Ian Wright. And Mark, I'm going to come to you in just a second and then we'll move on. Um, I love Ian Wright. I think his energy, the way he transitioned from footballer to television star is massive. Um, but I also think sometimes we get very, you know, we, we, we have players, he's an ambassador of the club. I'm sure, he's paid by the club to do a lot of things. You know, there are players who have been great at the club that maybe have said a few things that don't endear themselves to the club. So maybe they don't get, you know, their line of swag or, or marketing. I understand connecting him, especially with a, um, a younger audience, uh, with the black community, all very important. He's a, he's a talent that crosses over. Ian Wright resonates with everybody. Um, so I understand that. However, when you start singling out, and I know that they paid homage to Rocky and Seaman in that merchant, one of our listeners wrote that. But I just think that once you start with one place, the same with the statues, enough with the statues. If I hear one more person say someone else deserves a statue, I'm, I, I think it's a bit too much mayonnaise. And that's where the marketing gets a bit too much for me. Go on, Mark, real quick. Before yeah, very, we move on. yeah, very, very quickly. I think I, I get your point, Alan. Like he didn't score a lot of goals and title winning seasons, but he also played in teams where it was a lot poorer than the teams we have now. Um, or late yeah, yeah, on and late on a nice, like we, he, no he, question, Mark. Not a question on ability. Just, uh, just a pure point that he's marketing, as in the subject of this. You know, marketing versus football club. His marketing has taken him to people answering 50, 60 goals in title winning season. I know he played sure. in some absolute dross in the the absolute. late Graham and, uh, and transition era into and how yeah, yeah and how nothing to do with ability. I yeah, mean, in I, fact, how he. How we became our our highest ever scorer during some of those fallow seasons is absolutely incredible, but um, yeah, it was just more to do with that perception of him as a as a as a title winner. Exactly. Okay, let's yeah, he had let's. Eddie McGoldrick set him up and not Robert Pires. <laughs> hey, yeah, <laughs> love a little bit of Eddie. Come on now. Um, okay, let's uh, let's talk about. And by the way, shirt sales. That black shirt that Fergus is wearing <laughs> just blew the lid off everything. Um, uh, and of course, you know, we get, I think it's a 7.5% share of the revenue. We made 5.1 million. Um, but that shirt should be sold forever and ever and ever. I mean, it uh, it outsold the home shirt, didn't it, uh, last season yeah, as well? It's ever. just blown, blown the doors off it completely. Um, okay, let's talk about another area that I'm very passionate about. Um, I love going to games when I'm in London. Uh, I loved last season. 
I had a blast going to London. I had a blast going to games. I thought the atmosphere was absolutely incredible. Um, and winning cures everything. Kev always used to say that to me, that winning cures everything. And, you know, this season, it's a little bit flat, but I'm not sure it's result-based because there were times last season where we would go down, players would score an own goal, fans would start chanting and singing their name, they would get behind them. Uh, and for me, I felt like Ashburton Army was one of the greatest things that had ever happened to in-stadium experience uh, at the Arsenal. Uh, I thought that taking their tickets away was a big mistake. I think they bring a level of experience to game day that we haven't seen um, in years. Uh, and you can say what you want about them, uh, any reports that you've read about individual behavior and stuff like that. I've met, I've spoken to a lot of the guys in this group and I've found them to be passionate about their club. They're the young generation that I talk about that care about being a fan. They don't care about buying all the swag. They don't, this, this was the comparison I wanted. They remind me of me a little bit when I first started going to football and just being in awe of the fact that you're part of the spectacle, you're part of the experience. Now, their tickets were taken away from them. I had asked Mikel Arteta about this during the US tour, which didn't go down particularly well, if I'm going to be frank and honest about that now. I did not, but I wanted to ask the question because I think Ashburton Army were one of the single most important things that happened in the culture change of Arsenal Football Club. Fergus, now we've got ballots, we've got tickets, I'm confused. There's this level, there's that level. You can go online at eight. You can be disappointed 100 million times. Um Talk to me about this a little bit and and what ensued with regards to now you're seeing different people. Um, you all have season tickets, mm. seeing different people in front of you every single game. Talk talk me through that a little bit, please. Jesus. How long have you got? Well, um, in a the, nutshell, the, because we're already 40 so, minutes no, 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 in. No, no, no. You, no so, you, so, many, yeah. so many questions. Like the connection. Um, Alan talked about the connection. Uh, I think and, and, and the link about uh, Highbury versus uh, the Emirates and so on. I think we need to move on from Highbury. We're now at the Emirates. We've been there for nearly a quarter yes, of a century. Yes, we're not at Highbury anymore, but, yeah, unless but, you're staying but, at Mike's but, flat. But, but no, yeah. And, yeah, exactly. And the connection, I think, <laughs> uh, and this spins on to the Ashburton Army and spins on to uh, lots of other stuff and the changing behind the scenes and the different personnel and people. Um, the connection that Mikel Arteta ensued with the with the fans, with the Ashburton Army, with uh, everybody who was going and the team and the connection between the team that was around last season, post-COVID, and the first full season back, was just immense. There's been certain changes, individuals we don't know, but there's definitely strategies and, and corporate strategies that have changed within the club that um, have broken that connection to a certain degree. And that is a big disappointment. The changes in the ballot, uh, the changes in um, you know the allocation, the amount of seats that we get with our season ticket I talked about before, less uh, cup, uh, cup games and so on, all make a big difference. Um, for me, um, if you're talking about on a day-to-day -day experience, I've been to, uh, well, I go to every home game and loads of away games. The away games, I'll, I'll keep adding this because we're talking about the Emirates. At the Emirates Stadium, um, uh, for the West Ham game over Christmas, for the BS PSV game, and just recently, uh, the last game that we're, I was at, there was a guy beside me. He came in with a PDF of a ticket, and he said, is this my seat? He hadn't got a clue. He turned up 10 minutes late. Um, he stood in the seat. I knew who's, who the season ticket holder was. I later contacted that season ticket holder and I said to them, said, um, 
what did you do with your ticket? Did you put it on ticket exchange? He said, well, I gave it to somebody who, who did. And it ended up in this guy's hands and he paid 200 quid for the ticket. He left. We, we won five nil against Palace. That lad left at two nil. And that is a big problem. I had somebody behind me for the PSV game. The two of them were from America and they were talking and comparing football and soccer ball to NHL, NBL uh, and, and everything. I didn't honestly Not have a every American of fan is like No, that, no, 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 no. Listen, uh, I've got two nephews over there and they're passionate. Yeah. One is a Man United fan, so he's not passionate. But one's an Arsenal fan and he's passionate. Um, but I, I, I'm not trying to cliche, but I'm just saying they were talking about the football, the sport, as if they were going to the theatre. They were just having a day out and experience. I turned around, spoke to them and said, how did you get your tickets? They mentioned the the, the, the reselling site that they got the tickets from and they paid $230 each for a ticket. A Dutch couple, really, really nice beside me. Again, same thing, ticket exchange, West Ham. She wouldn't tell me how much she paid the tickets because the tickets she bought for her boyfriend because he's a lifelong and he'd not been in all his life. And they had a great time. And finally, the Japanese guy that I met, uh, me and Dan, and he was stood beside us, so excited. He fist pumped both of us. He said, I've been an Arsenal fan for 10 years. He says, I am so excited to be here. He said, and he stood there and he sung every song he could sing. And at 90 minutes, 95 minutes, he was down at the front going to the players, come to them and wave and clapping them off. So there's an advantage of having some of these people who get the first time experience to see a game that they, they would not normally get via the ballot system and via the ticket exchange. But there's something really corrupt and really wrong with it in the sense that those tickets are going to people that are not being sold by me because I can't go to you because you can go, Sophie. They're being picked up by a robot somewhere and being sold to some poor tourist be it a, a mad fan or somebody just on a day trip at exorbitant prices. People close to me have been paying £900 to go to a game, a City game, £900 for a £70 ticket. I get I get that. And um, I've left this comment from Tom up as well because he's right. I'll go with my cousin and some friends and they're all season ticket holders and they'll leave. They'll leave early. It's not Tom, just... Tom, you're right. They are the biggest problem. The season yes. ticket holders, me personally and all our group, you know, the little groups that we've got on WhatsApp, there's probably 20, 30 of us. Every one of our tickets that do not get placed and now around us, those people who since moved their tickets via ticket exchange have now exchanged and joined our groups. We will exchange our tickets internally among ourselves to make sure that my grandson goes my nephew goes my aunt my uncle whoever an arsenal fan somebody who's going to be grateful of the experience to go there and be well, there for the 90 minutes yeah alan um i live in the Sorry, states you, you me, uh, no, no, no 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 it's fine <laughs> i i love it i love it and you're entitled to your opinion this is why i invited you on the show and mm. all opinions are welcome here um and as long as they're respectful and this conversation is definitely that um, I, I want to make sure that you're not taking Fergus the wrong way in terms of international fans or foreign fans, because that's it, that's not what you're and, saying And, and the word all. tourist is just, just yeah, a yeah. random I know, word. It's yeah. a, it is. Um, Alan, I've been living in the States for a long time. I come to games as much as I can during the season, like a lot of American fans and fans from around the world. The game is globalized now. Um, one of the fortunate things about being a marketing company, um, uh, too, is that international fans get the benefit of... Um, the beautiful game. I actually think that the international fan, the fan abroad, is being looked after much more 
on a marketing level than the, than the fan that goes through the turnstile. And that's not a slight on anyone because I live in California and I'm one of those people now. I used to be a season ticket holder, but no longer. Alan, um, what's your take on this whole situation, how it's affected um, the atmosphere? Was it a bad marketing move to take tickets away from Ashburton? What do you think? Now, uh, I mean, the Ashburton Army, I, I think they're net positive, as in overall, I'd stick with them. Um, I don't like the drum. I, it really puts me off certain periods of games. I, I sit near it, um, albeit in club level, just the, above and to the side. But, yeah, I, I don't like the drum. I like them and I like the fact they create atmosphere. At certain times, the drum just just doesn't do it for me. But look, what that's happen, a personal what preference. The European, in, what happens when the European side turns up the and they've got a drum? That's Alan showing his age now. Yeah, well, I, I don't like that either. But I don't, <laughs> no, no, I don't get that every my, single game. <laughs> my issue with the drum, it's not in rhythm. But otherwise, yeah. <laughs> No, I Didn't mean, Crystal I, Palace it, it, get their drum taken away from them this weekend? Look, it wasn't. Yeah, that was wrong. Yeah, that was look, so wrong. The, the drumming's not for me, regardless of whether it's away fans, home yeah. fans, anyone. It just it just okay. puts me off the, the, the watching of the game. But overall, Ashburton Army are, are net good for for us. Obviously, if the club have hinted at certain bad behaviours, then they should probably either put up or shut up with that. And I don't mean hauling people over the coals by name. But if they have got evidence of, of bad behaviour of certain individuals within there, then we probably need to know what that was so we can reassess whether or not they're being hard done by. Until you get any evidence of that, you've just got to say, you know, that, that, that they're net positive for the club and, and I believe that, that they, they're creating a good atmosphere. I think that the... Do you know what? Something happened to me at the Palace game and I know that Fergus has just shared some of his different people that he's had to share a game with this season, albeit to, to seats sold. Um, I was actually working at the game on Saturday. So I was sitting in Avnor, which is a lovely new hospitality section, which is four or five uh, executive boxes that have been knocked into one. It's a lovely bar up there. It's, uh, you know, lovely food beforehand. The tickets are extortionate, but it's it's well worth it if you, if you want to do it uh you know, spend a bit of money. It's well worth it. Oh, I was working for an invite, invite, Alan. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was. I was. I was hosting some guests in there, and uh, a lady came and sat next to me. And it was about fifteen minutes into the game, uh, and she was asking me questions about different things, and uh, I picked out her accent as being Canadian rather than American. And so obviously, she travelled a long way. And towards the end, I did sort of say to her, and it was in natural conversation. It wasn't me interrogating, but I just said, how did you come by the ticket? And she'd actually just been offered it that morning, having flown in on business because someone couldn't go to the game. And they didn't want the ticket to go to waste. And she came in, she missed a bit of the hospitality. So she didn't even get the full experience of the ticket. And I thought to myself, up until her saying that, I was probably judging saying, oh, this ticket's a bit of a waste on her because she hasn't really, she doesn't really know much about this game or she's asked me a few very sort of naive questions about it but then I was I actually come away thinking well actually you know good for you you've you've come to the game because someone said to you do you want a spare ticket and you know you yeah you probably agree that you're not really into it do you know what I mean so 
I don't know. I think you can always have your perception shattered by just speaking mm. to people. And fair play to you, Fergus, that you speak to these people and, you know, some of them and get involved, some don't. But the, the randomised nature of changing the exchange system and ballot system means that we're never going to get a, the same spread that we had last year. Tim Stillman wrote an amazing article about this, which probably looked at eight different factors. And like a lot of these things, when we're discussing our great club, it's probably a little bit of each has contributed. So there's no overall answer. And he puts it in more, um, you know, uh, <clears throat> succinct terms than me being able to explain it now. But it's a little bit of expecting to win rather than not expected to last season. The unusual aura of a title race last season obviously got everyone up for it. The way that we played last year was a little bit more front foot. So like all these little things, if they all had 10%, a 10% reduction each, you're going to get that, you know, 70% reduction in atmosphere. So, so I believe that there are there are lots of little answers to this rather than one big one. Mark. Well, can, somebody answer, yep. can somebody answer the big question about why 12,000 tickets end up in ticket exchange this season compared to 4,500 tickets before? Digital yeah. uh, on, membership Mark. was there let, last, let last season. Let Mark jump in well. on this. Go on. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, yeah, I think yeah, there's two because, answers. Oh, sorry, Mark. Yeah, yeah no, no worries. No, yeah, it's because you can't pass your cards on. You have to transfer them via yeah via the platform. That's that's the reason. Do why. you really think 8,000 cards are passed on every week? Maybe. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah, and it, I do. It, 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 I really do. There's forty thousand fans that are season ticket holders. That's all, they, like, because the rest are corporate and away fans, and you know uh, media and everything else. The capacity is sixty, just over sixty thousand. So there's forty thousand, maybe forty two or forty three now with the post COVID washout of season ticket fans. And you reckon that nearly twenty percent of them are passing their tickets on every yeah. every yeah. Well, then why, what the question? The question. Sorry, I'm, I'm really passionate about this because I've I've, I've really got riled about it recently uh, because. Uh, Dan Gunning's in in the chat as well, and and then talking about the, the the responsibility. We talk about the Ashburton Army. We talk about the uh, the atmosphere in the stadium. It's down to us, match going fans, to bring that atmosphere into the yeah, stadium. I thought that was a good and, comment. And and and, and the, the if season ticket holders, twenty percent of them, want to hand their season tickets over to somebody else just to go, why are you a season ticket holder? Because they don't want to give it up. Yeah, you'll never ever get it back. Yeah, never get it back. Yeah, yeah, they'll never get back. You'll. Yeah, go on then. There's three factors. The first one is the one that Mark mentioned that you can't swap cards anymore. The second one is related to what we were just saying. The waiting list is so long, nobody wants to risk coming off. And the third one relates to that point in that the club, this is the first year that the club have actually threatened that you will come off if mm -hmm. you haven't used it. So You've done it last you year all, as well. All, Fergus, you also need to... Yeah, but that was a test case last year. This is a okay. proper you are doing it. And also, bear in mind, playing slightly better football last year with more of a chance of the title and and the kind of better front-loaded fixtures in the season, I don't think that was an issue. The, the bigger thing now is that I, I know for a fact and I know people that couldn't give their seats away during some of the latter Wenger years. Yeah. And that's this is what annoys Mark. Yeah, yeah. You had lots of empty seats. And those seats, one thing that's been achieved by this system is that those seats now can't go empty because people will pay for it. They'll pay for it in losing their place. And I believe from the Red Action tweets that... 200. Yes, about 200 people are in danger 
of losing their season tickets. Now, I know a couple of high net worth individuals that they love football, but they have season tickets at four London clubs, four London clubs, because every week they want to do what we used to do in the 80s, by the way, which is get up of a morning. And if, if Arsenal weren't at home or Arsenal weren't playing, you go, go where am I going to go? Which game am I yeah. going to go to today? The only way to do that now is to be someone that's got four pairs of season tickets and able to pick and choose. And so, but those people are happy to let those tickets go uh, if we're at home and no disrespect to Brentford, but they come to mind, Burnley, teams like that. If we're home to those clubs and they can't get rid of them, they used to let them go. So at least, at least there's bums on seats now for those seats. Go on, Mark. Yeah, sorry. I've, yeah, so ticketing is is my biggest gripe and bugbear. I'd be having a, a very different conversation if I wasn't lucky enough to have access to a season ticket this season. Uh, been a silver member for even before it was called a silver member, many, many, many years. Um, so yeah, the my my bugbear is the is the ballot. The ballot is the ballot's awful. Um, I have applied. Well, I, I even I've got a season ticket this season. Um, I applied pretty much for every game of the first 13 games got zero out of 13 on the application however I never missed out when you had to jump online at a certain time and and, and buy a ticket off the uh, off off the site um I don't know what I'd be I don't know what mental space I would be in if I couldn't go and watch Arsenal every other mm. weekend now and that was taken away from me I know that sounds dramatic but it's so 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 important for me from from being a kid going, my dad's now, well, unfortunately, my dad's passed away. I touched a stone outside the army before every game. And for that to be taken away from me, and, and to my knowledge, I, I don't know if this is correct, but it's, um, the I, I don't know what her position is, but uh, Julia Slot, who's now, in, I don't know what exactly her, her job title is, but corporate it's her strategy. corporate strategy. So apparently it's her decision to, to do the ballot. She came from I, the horse racing industry, yeah, I think. Yeah, Ascot, mm -hmm. I think. Yeah, I think she was... Um, one of the top people I've got. I think it's just, it's just not been, it's not been fought out. Um, and I don't, and I think there's people, um, I, uh, I can't, there was a comment from a chap called Gary and we were both, we were both silver members last season and, and this season he's, he's not been able to They're go. They're getting shafted. Absolutely shafted. Um, and I'm like, I'm very lucky to have access to a season ticket this season uh, and go, um, but I don't know how, I'm, this might be my last season and I, I might have access to it. It needed to be done on a loyalty basis because I went to Europa League games where people were taking pictures, lying across seven or eight seats, no one there. It's not that difficult to look back over, let's say, for example, a five, six, seven, eight season Just period. before COVID, we and, played and, Man City on a Wednesday night and there was 15,000 in the stadium. Just yeah. look at, just do it. I know everyone's good. In regards to in regards to non-season ticket holders, in regards to silver members, everyone's going to have their own angle on why they should be prioritised over someone else, and that's fine. But I think I think loyalty should come into it. But I get why the club have done what they've done because if they've got new people coming every week, then they're going to be the people that are going to spend the money in the shop, and they're going to be the people that are buying food, the food and the drink. And I'm not I'm not the guy that's going to very much like you, Sophie, I want to make it clear that I don't care about new people going to, to games. That, that should be happening. People should be having these experiences. But you need to look after the people who are there in the bad times as well, right? Um, 
So yeah, that's 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 they need to change. I mean, that, that's just that's you, now. There's Arsenal are a great, and and I know some people hate the sound of this, but Arsenal are a better product now than they've ever been in years. The last time our product was this exciting was during the Invincible seasons and some really neat FA Cup runs. Now we're talking about being challengers in the Premier League or at least competing in in the Premier League. I still think there's these baby steps, right? Last season we challenged. It wasn't it was it was unpredictable that uh, that happened, um, but we're definitely. Uh, competing again and so the product is more exciting you've got more exciting players you've got one of the most marketable players on the planet in Bukayo Saka um, you've got you know uh, Declan Rice who is you know a generational type of of player you've got a young manager who Arsenal fans many of them are super passionate about the demand is very high and as fans we should like that because it means our club is doing something right but at the same time, it's not all about just the marketing. A little bit of the heart has gone out of football. It's become very rigid and technical. I actually think VAR has a lot to do with that, um, with stifling the game, the, the the atmosphere of the game, the experience of the game. I think that takes away a lot from fans in the stadium. Don't feel like you can celebrate a goal. You're waiting um, and you're not getting the same information as people are sitting at home and watching it, which means you're less informed. So there's a lot of different things that go into what I think has happened at the Emirates this season. But with that same token, as fans, you still go, you still got to sing, you still got to be engaged in the game. It's not a library you know, it's not, it's like the Roy Keane prawn sandwich thing. I don't think we're there yet. But one of the things I think, and I, 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 a lot of people are going to hate me for this. One of the biggest marketing faux pas for me, which I am probably in a major minority, is I love how fans generate songs. I love how fans generate um, kitschy songs for players. I love how fans generate, you know, posing um, you know, rival songs, even though some of them are unsavory at best. I love how fans are the heartbeat of the club. The fans decide. Football is for the fans. And I don't like how this North London Forever song has been shoved down our throats or my throat. And I know Fergus like is going to jump in here, and I want all of your opinions on this because, for me, if the fans had come up with that, I'd probably love it. But the fact that it got, and I and I know why it was, it was used as a marketing tool to get fans in stadium happy and incorrect. to get them behind the team. Go on, Fergus. Incorrect. It wasn't. It was a fan that wrote the song. I know he's a fan, but it's... A, pas a passionate Arsenal fan who wrote the song, a boy who grew up on the Cali, on the estates, who kicked around and got into all sorts of crap in and around Islington. And the only reason that that went and took off was because people like Ben Bennett and the Ashburton Army and some of the other fans who got involved and kept on pushing it and pushing it and pushing it. Eventually, the club picked it up and went with it uh, pers personally that's right it, personally i don't know if i i know you had a lot going on uh and i i can't remember when you were back at the stadium before but if have you been in the stadium yeah i have before, i totally before, have and i get the it tottenham game or before i i get it it's great and people love it i personally don't even though it's an arsenal fan for me as well you look at the lyrics okay so a couple of them are a little bit dodgy but also, yeah. it's like North London forever. Tottenham are from North London. When I no, hear that, it makes Middlesex. my... It, I, they're from Middlesex. Vergis, you know, you know what I'm talking about here. North to London me, forever. 
Yeah, the, the, the stones of ivory. The, yeah, the, the, the I get that. I get it. But it's like, no, I, I understand all of that. I just feel it's been shoved. Whether an Arsenal fan wrote it, it's found itself in the stadium. It doesn't feel organic I personally to me. would rather that than what, no, you, well, what, what do you think of Tottenham? I I, <laughs> I very rarely disagree with you. So I, I can't remember anything we've ever disagreed on. But you're so wide of the mark on this. It was organic. As Fergus said, it was it was pretty much organic. People had heard the song and people people singing the song at one of his live gigs. And as it old. filtered through the system in Twitter and people seeing it, saying he he explained the song more, saying, well, yeah, obviously, you know, it's part of supporting Arsenal. It's part of going to the game with my granddad. It's part of being in the cafe beforehand. And then a couple of fans, as Fergus said, started requesting the club to play it once before a game. And they did. And... The feedback was mostly positive, almost like over 90% positive. And that's how it became the song. So to me, it was as organic as you could get. And, and in reality... And, and it was given a one-hit one wonder. It was it was just allowed to go once. Yeah. And the rest... Yeah. All right, and let's one, move one, on from... Okay, okay. I, I want to hear Mark's <laughs> take on it too. Go on, Mark, and then... Yeah, you know what? You might have lost I, this one. I, no, 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 yeah. No, I don't know I, if I've I, lost it. I just feel like that's how I... I just... I, feel, I still feel yeah, like yeah, it's yeah, been yeah, forced. I don't think there's a right or wrong answer. I just feel like we, we've tried a few songs, right? I, I still have PTSD from The Wonder of You. I, oh. hate, I hated it. And it just reminded me of awful, awful time. I didn't get that. I did not understand the significance of that when I first started going to watch Arsenal. It's right here, right now by Fat Boy Slim, and I love that because that reminds me of the Invincibles, etc., etc. But, uh, but yeah, I, I, I like. It. Yeah, it, it, it's alright. It's good. I, it's nice we've got an anthem now. But I don't. I don't. I'm not in love with it. I don't hate it. it. It's fine. Okay. Fat Sophie, Boy Slim's from Brighton, isn't go it? On, go on, Alan. Sophie, do you, do you remember the A-Team theme tune? <laughs> Listen, it's a mass improvement. It's a mass improvement on a lot of that all? old stuff. Okay, <laughs> but, never you know, why that you're talking playing. to a girl who still loves good old Arsenal. We're proud oh, to yeah. know your name. That's what you know. What's up? They are they are all coming back though. Those songs are yeah. all coming back. I need DJ Tony Perry to do a mix of that. Um, you know, nice little mashup. Okay, I mentioned this loosely at the beginning. Um, the dog. I'm sorry, it's part of the marketing. This is probably one of the worst Disagree. marketing moves I've ever seen, and I love dogs. And we called it Win. I mean, if that was a faux pas, whose idea was that? If I was in the communications team, I would have put the kibosh on calling the dog Win. Have a dog. Dogs make people happy. I love seeing dogs in airports now because people are afraid of flying. Some players may be afraid to go to training. But why call it Win? I mean, that was a stretch. Mark, I'm going to start with you on the dog. Oh, um, I don't know. Yeah, win is kind of yeah, he's kind of put the mockers on it, right? Because yeah, calling something win, but I don't know. I love dogs, so if I can't, yeah, I like I like the fact we've got a dog there. Don't, you know, don't let Nino you know, Tavares after what I've seen this week on Twitter. But uh, yeah, no, I kind of like win the dog. All right, um, and no, we're not talking about Kai Havertz. It's a different show tonight. We have got plenty of shows for you to shit on Kai Havertz from a height, okay? And that is on Friday when we have our Global Gunners phone-in show. <laughs> Call in, Omar, and you can do whatever you want and say whatever you want about Kai Havertz. Sorry. Message um, from Trevor. Message from Trevor. Is he really upset with me? Yeah. Oh, God. I knew this would happen. 
Yeah. Just listen, I know the backdrop, the story and everything, but it just feels a little false. I don't like it. It was forced on me. Unlike he's blonde, he's it's quick, not, his name's a porn, hopefully, Emmanuel. A lot of people don't like the song. Uh, I, some people don't like the song. Uh, I can understand that, but not underst not understanding the ethos and the the feeling behind it is a different maybe thing. i'll get the around dogs, i'll get around to yeah. it i'm really upsetting omar right now it's taking all my attention um alan the dog <laughs> I in think a nutshell. It's absolutely fine uh the story there's nothing to do with marketing at all it's just because they wanted some kind of connection at the training ground and that was the suggestion and i think it's a brilliant suggestion and i think it is actually about team spirit i love the dog uh, yeah, win. I mean, I get the oh. positive inflection of that. It's not saying we're winning trophies. I think it's just all about winning. And when they're in that environment at the training ground, if that helps them focus that while having Hasn't yet. a four-legged friend. Yeah, but they, they win games. Yeah, they I, do I win games. If, um, if Look, in, in issues at the club, win is going to be not even in my top 100 little micro things to uh we're moving in the right direction there are probably about 100 little micro things to correct but should have called wins it hybrid. not on there win is not on there okay um real quick uh i'm fergus loves the dog too so before i get you guys out on out of here just a few more minutes because um that's the wife has got five i i, I wanted to digress <laughs> a little just for fun and it'll take just a, a you know uh, with the dog and the and the song and stuff like that <laughs> but i do want to talk to you real quick about stadium f and b and product and all i hear and honestly i never buy anything to eat from the stadium ever hands up here unless you're in the box and you're in the restaurant or in the club area hands up here who buys food in the stadium oh, i knew it I have. is that because you're running late I, not every no, week no, no. It, oh no 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 I, I i've bought a pie um on a f couple of occasions hence this uh body of um a temple um and i've had a hot dog out of it uh, it's overpriced, but the quality is reasonably good. But oh, it's rubbish. positive. I uh, no, the pie, for, for in comparison to a Ginster pie from the the pie shop, it it, it listen. It, it won't replace Pieberry Corner, and I wish Pieberry Corner were uh, talked to by the club and brought in as a concession inside the stadium, and that would have been a huge marketing win because what Paul did at Pybury Corner was mm -hmm. absolutely stunning. There were really nice pies, mash, uh, and so on. The, what they do do, the, the beer is awful. They try to copy Tottenham by having uh, Camden Lager because they had Beavertown because Camden's close to Beavertown's and Enfield. And, uh, it's, and it's been an absolute disaster. It's poor. I, I, I worked in the bar trade since I was seven years of age. Not now, but my parents, I grew up in the pub trade. So I understand beer. I drink a lot of beer. Um, and uh, the, the beer they serve in that stadium is absolutely shocking. You cannot drink that beer unless you've had about two or three pints beforehand. The only, good, <laughs> the only good thing that they do is they have brought in, and it helps with when Dan and Trev and, and all the rest of the Block 5, Block 6 sort of guys get in. We all get in an hour beforehand. We buy two beers or four beers, depending on how thirsty you're feeling, and we leave them on the side, and they make our larynx wet as we sing and build the atmosphere up. As we sing and, North and London forever. And we sing North London forever over and over again. Just, just like, like no, for Sophie, 
really. <laughs> you do. You do send me lovely, lovely, uh, <laughs> lovely, lovely videos. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. It's uh, it's rancid. Uh, uh, Mark, you don't buy food mind, there. Mind you, you, mind you sorry. Bring up Dan's comment first of all. The reason he's, he says that one is, uh, you know, the um, the Golden Palace Fish Bar, a fish and chip bar near um, Avenue Road. They serve um, uh, fish, chips, battered sausages, battered burgers. Oh, that's a delicacy. A battered burger. You've got to try it. <laughs> Get an ambulance, but you've got to try it. I like the curry chips yeah. as well. Go on, Mark. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the odd occasion when my sugars are running a bit low because I'm diabetic, I'm, I grab like a bag of minstrels, whatever. But even that's like four quid when it's like a pound in the corner shop and that's it's a lot of money. But it's I'll so have cheap. the crap. No, I'll have the crappy beer. The beer's horrible. But once you're in, you're in. That's the only option that you've got. Um, but yeah, the food not for me. I think they've started doing this sort of like flatbed swarmer thing with like about three bits of dry chicken for a, I know about nine quid. But yeah, not not for me. Tend to tend to go to the greasy spoon before uh, before a home game down the um, down the Holloway Road. Couple food trucks they need in there, Al. But you're always eating at executive level, aren't you? Hey, why don't you oh, share yeah. that with the group? Uh, it's 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 really nice yeah <laughs> thanks Al. cheers yeah a good, a good recommendation for after the game if you're on holloway roadside near where fibers is the victoria i think it's called now is shu la la it's a chinese restaurant right next to it myself and trevor went to it the other night uh, the menu is predominantly in chinese with a little bit of english at the bottom it's mostly an asian uh population that are eaten in there but the food they've got all sorts of weird concoctions but the food is amazing really good not not the cheapest but it's really good i highly recommend it nice thanks i usually go to the hope cafe seven pound full english breakfast and a coffee come on eight pound on the asshole (laughs) (laughs) okay before i let you guys go in a nutshell what have i forgotten to ask you what is your overall if you're going to summarize um in uh, 90 seconds each uh arsenal being a marketing company versus a football club um, Fergus, I'll start with you, just in case the missus has got your dinner on the table and you've got to go. No, I, I do. I do the cooking, but yeah, no, that that's uh, that's um, are they? Yes, they are. Um, but who isn't? Uh, you know, there's people complaining about Cat A tickets for Champions League, uh, but they've always been Cat A. You know, uh, anywhere you go these days be at McDonald's, be at anywhere. Everyone's always trying to get a pound coin out of your back pocket. It's your choice, for, as was said at the very beginning, if you want to buy it or not. You can always you can always go to China and get your kids a kick that they're going to grow out of. I, I don't necessarily agree with it, but, you know, I've done it. There's, there's lots of options. The most important thing is, though, if you do go to the, the game, that you get involved in the game, that you are part of the game, you're part of the atmosphere, that you listen to what's going on around you, join and embrace that passion. Mark said about his mental health. Arsenal Football Club got all of us, and many of us stuck in this room for like two years. It got us through lockdown. It got through. Got, it's got me through some of my lowest times of my life, and it's made me build some of the best friends I've got. Many who are messaging me on WhatsApp over here as well, watching the show. Who and hate me it, now. It, it, not all of them. Some. (laughs) (laughs) Just just get get involved. Just be part of it. Sing a song and don't talk about Tottenham. (laughs) Sing a song. Sing a song. Um, Alan, I'm going to let Mark have the last word. Yeah, I think I'll just reiterate my point that that the best clubs are run properly behind the scenes as a business. 
and have the illusion that they're football first and a club to their fans. And as long as you keep up that illusion and you treat the fans well and you have the right people making the business decisions behind the scene, I think that works. And I think we're not that far away from that and lots of other clubs are. Be careful what you wish for was always the line when uh, the latter Wenger year debates were going on and uh, uh, thrown between fans and the division between fans. But ge genuinely, have a look at some of the stuff that's going on at Chelsea at the moment and be thankful that our guys don't get it right all the time, but they will definitely A, listen and B, react if it starts to go badly. And I think that's the important thing. Run the club as a business but be a club. The two totally different things. But if you get the balance right, everyone's happy. See, if we had another half hour, Mark, I would riff off that and say, well, would you take Chelsea's success over the years and then be in their downward spiral right now? Um, just saying. But go on. No, what I have wouldn't. I not? I wouldn't. I personally wouldn't. <laughs> really? To give you a quick answer, I personally wouldn't. You wouldn't want I the don't... Champions League, the Europa League, the Premier Chelsea League? Twice. Listen. Yeah, Twice. Genuinely, right? The, it's always the way, on this show. Here we go. The way, the way that we won the title in 89, 91, 98, and to an extent in 02 and 04, every single one of those, but certainly the first three, mean more than anything Chelsea and Manchester City have done in the past few years. To us. Because, to us. Because. Not, not to no, other fans. No. No, they mean more from an outside perspective as to what being a fan is and how you support your club. And yeah. to do that with young players that came through the scenes, with managers that were unproven and then proved themselves, all of that, it absolutely pales all of theirs into insignificance because it was all to do with money. It wasn't to do with spirit. It wasn't to do with the culture of the club. And there's... there's I mean, Man City's title last year. I would, I would argue so that the first Mourinho so title, the first Mourinho title, felt very. I know, yeah, but, but it was still bought. I, I get that. I get that. They that they one did have a and few homegrown players in there, and John Terry lifting the it up. emergence maybe, of Terry as maybe. a leader and Lampard. You had Joe Cole. Maybe. You had, you know, that I don't think. Listen, what's happened? What's ensued? What we found out? That's a whole different thing. But I think a lot of fans because fans are fickle, would take Chelsea's success and the turmoil they're in now versus having no success, turmoil, and then bouncing back like we have. Mark, um, your take on on the uh, on the subject of what I, I made with to ask Mark you. Says, <laughs> as Mark <laughs> says, though, it's, it means more than that, doesn't it? Because some no, of the I think Mark's in Mark my camp here. But some of the reasons Mark has said about why Arsenal is important to him I'll has got nothing to do with trophies. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying. But winning like, is yeah. fun, isn't it? Don't All we want to win? said about why you enjoy going winning the right way, though. To do with trophies. And that's I, think right. though, I think, though, on a trophy, it doesn't say you've won the right way. It just says you've won, right? You've won. No, but we know. Don't give it, I, in know. an ideal world, I'd want to win the right way. But so are you are you are you happy with Manchester City and the 115 million? Yeah, but the fans, uh, what, you no, can't take that away I'm from the fans. Happy. I'm not they happy can, with that. I'm not happy with that. I'm very jealous. Can, uh, I I I'm very jealous to see Chelsea and City win the Champions League before Arsenal ever done. Yeah, I do you get know, that. Do but... you know one of the worst things about Tottenham getting to the final? 
against Liverpool in the Champions League. It's not because I thought they were going to win. It's because their fans had that day out and they know how it feels now to be in a Champions League uh, final. Uh, uh, that uh, is what uh, I hated uh, about that day. Yes, we, we we didn't want them to have the same feeling. We don't want them to have okay. the same experience as, uh, as us. We've had that experience. That's, we always had a couple of things on them, right? That, to me, was the hardest part that day, was like they know what this feels like now. And you can't but, take away yeah. from City fans and Chelsea fans what they felt on those days when they won those trophies. You 100%. just can't. If they get all those charges brought against them, the City fans, uh, sorry, Man City as, as a club, they're like, oh, okay, you know, they, they, all those cups, trophies, null and void, they still have those times. They, you know, mm -hmm. they still have those times. And I'm not saying but it's they right. Enjoy I'm not saying good it. They don't feel as good as ours. They don't. And, and I know they won't. I can't say that they they feel as good as Michael Thomas going through Anfield or Tony Sergio Aguero. Sergio Aguero. No, but, they but will, even they then, will never forget even that. Then, but even then, they know that that's all of a a, a false build up of the. But club. the players still had to play the game. Uh, Alan, Alan, the maybe, manager maybe. still had to manage the team. They still had to win. It wasn't it was a guarantee that they City would win. Man City was in the shit and in the shadows of United for so, so long. So I don't, I think they... Yeah, and the only, re the only reason they got they, there... I don't think they cared how they got there. They Listen, this is, another, this is another show. I so anyway, want us... I, anyway, merchandise. Because <laughs> <laughs> we could go on forever. I love this. I may have should have done this as a show from the start. Um, you could talk about tainted titles and all of that. Maybe we can all promise to come back. Mark? Finish your thought yeah. and then we'll close the show. Sure thing. Um, yes, merchandise. I don't I don't I don't care so much if we drop merchandise every week. If we're spending a hundred million pounds on, on players, cool. I'm all for it. And if it's uh if it's keeping our club sustainable, then, then great. Obviously, you don't have to buy it. I do feel sorry for the parents that feel like they have to buy it. Wuhan. Ticketing, ticketing is the bigger issue for me. Ticketing is a, it's just is a huge, huge issue. Um I, 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 like I said, I'm lucky enough to have a season ticket. I've got uh, a couple that are next to me. They always leave 10 minutes before the end of the game. They left before we beat United when they thought United had won it. It got VAR cancelled. It got VAR chalked off. We won was it. Was that the Eddie goal? Uh, was it the Eddie goal? Yes. Was that this uh, season or last uh, season? Sorry, this, sorry, this season. Oh, this, this season. season. Yeah, this yeah. season. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, exactly. So mm -hmm. they, they missed that. And I would sooner rather have someone from China, Japan, America, the moon, be next to me and support Arsenal and, and, and cheer, etc. Cetera, et cetera. I don't care where you're from. Just basically, I'm now going to every game as if it's my last, because I don't know. Again, again like I said, again, next season, don't know if we're going anymore. So, yeah, just, um, you know, the millions of people that watch it around the world, you know, you're one of 60 odd thousand. So uh, appreciate going. So, uh, yeah, for me, Merchandise and sing, and, and sing. sing exactly, exactly. Merchandise, Move London forever. <laughs> Are you summarizing oh, every oh. subject, Marky? I said summarizing 90 seconds. Alan's taken up, I know you're 90 plus, he's gone VAR time, yeah, as our hour tonight. But it's all good stuff. I, go on, go on. Sound I, I was only gonna say, I was only gonna say, there's, there's no need to summarize because I think everyone's summarized enough. The only thing I would say, yeah. I've got a follow up. Uh, for you, what is the solution? The solution, the to solution ticketing, to atmosphere to the ballots. Should we do that in part two? Hmm. Huh? How about a part two? 
Because unless your solution's thirty seconds, you know, we're we're when it's not going to happen. We know Al needs. Al can come with a binder and a PowerPoint presentation. Talk to us about his uh, his solution while he's sitting in the posh seat eating a nice filet mignon. <laughs> I've done the hard yards. I've done the hard yards. No, I know. And I tell yeah, you, you look like a really struggling have, right now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, this is homework. I want to regroup on this and uh, we can talk about solutions um in a few weeks because the the squaddies are demanding it too and they've loved the show. Uh Fergus, tell everyone where they can find you, please. Uh, guns and yellow ribbons we run a podcast. Uh we've got just shy of a thousand subscribers. Uh we do it um basically like this, having a chat down the pub. Normally have a beer open. Uh, it's not for clicks and likes and everything else, but we'd love you to click and like if you like. But um, it's myself, uh, Dan Gunning, who's in the chat, Hilsey, who everybody seems to know, and he's the most famous man in the world, um, aside from Sophie and KC. Um, everybody knows Hilsey. And uh, I've got Danish Gooner and sometimes Dale. Uh, we just... We go away to games. We go to get. We just enjoy it. We do exactly what I said. If you're going to a game, bloody well enjoy it. It could be your last one. Love it. Al, where can everyone find you? I've got your, I think I've got it right, your handle here. Yeah, that's yeah, it. Yeah. That's the one. Welcome all followers. We'll argue about Zinchenko and uh, <laughs> people, misinterpret people misinterpreting data over stateside, <laughs> which uh, I did all through Christmas and New Year and had to block a few it. people on your side of the pond, unfortunately. But, um, you know, we have healthy debates about Arsenal, respectful and uh, love it. Got a lot it's been, it, it's been nice saying. having you. It's been nice having you back, Al, and uh, look forward to part two with you guys. Marky, um, are you still doing, you taking a hiatus from the shirt selling I right am, now? Indeed. Yeah, I'm focused on the uh, the boring nine to five instead. So you can find me at MarkyT49 on Twitter or in Block 9 every home game. Brilliant stuff. Come round to Block um, 5 and join in the songs with us. I will, I will. And right. please do go and subscribe to Guns and Yellow Ribbons, okay? Um, watch their Much show on Mondays. pod as well. Uh, at seven. Oh, sod him. No, no, no. no just joking. Um, what a lovely... Go uh, on. I had a lovely... I, bumped, I just bumped into him in the Cavern Club in Liverpool with his son, Jake, and it was no, he's so wonderful. Fantastic. So wonderful. Yeah. He's hogging the chat right now. But, yeah, we love magic, and um, he's a huge friend of the show, and... Uh, I'm sure he's plotting his next podathon. It's probably around that time. Um, maybe, maybe. Um, well, he hosted for me as well last week, which was lovely. And I just love to give him shit because he gives everyone else shit. So there you have it. Um, Super Kev will be back soon. Uh, Tammy, uh, I'm not saying anything, but let's just say, can everyone give a big hug to Super Kev? Because what he would say at this part of the show is make sure you tell your loved ones you love them. Be kind to each other. All right. Don't waste time. Do all the right things. Um, and I tell you, it's been a joy talking to these guys tonight. Marketing versus football, whatever it is, Fergus alluded to it. Um, this community is very special and you do make lifelong friends. And sometimes they all can they can take you by surprise. And I just love the fact that football brings people together, which is why I want clubs to care about their fans because they're at the heartbeat and they're the core of everything. You know, we may have tried to stop the Super League once, it's going to come back eventually, but it is just a wonderful way 
to really discover that humanity still exists. And I think you find that in your sports and you find that in football. And I've certainly found that in you guys over the last few months as well. Uh, we're back on Friday for our Global Gunners phone in. Um, might make it later, like an after dark thing. Let me know if you want it at eight or 10. You tell me. Um, and listen, love you guys. Please go follow Guns and Yellow Ribbons. Follow Alan on Twitter. Follow Mark as well. And I will see you on Friday. Until then, at ease, squaddies, at ease. Mind the gap between the train and the platform. Please stand clear of the discussion doors. The next stop is Highbury Squad. Hey. Remember, it's